Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Let's begin with our summary for the day. In today's readings, we find first King Hezekiah, who prayed to God, undergoing an attack by another king, the king of Assyria, who had taken over the region. We learn how to pray under duress and how to remain faithful when others do not. Then we have Psalm number 48. This could have been written by King Hezekiah himself, who manages to keep Jerusalem from being taken over. And we want to ponder, using this example, on how we can name our emotions, how we might even learn to turn them into a poem. And finally, for the gospel reading, Jesus gives us three maxims that we can put to use in our daily life. One is about prudence, with whom do you share information and talents? Don't do it with those that put you down or trample over you. In another one, he invites us to the justice and fairness of treating others the way we want to be treated. And in the third one, he invites us to the determination of finding the narrow gate. And this is the question of the day. We come to the readings with a question. How well do we pray under duress? The reading today is from 2 Kings chapter 19. I remember studying about the Assyrians mentioned in today's story in architecture school. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, is one of the characters in today's story. He was Sargon's son and known for his military prowess in the region and also for building up Nineveh with all kinds of temples, walls, and gardens and transferring the capital to it. In today's story, we see that Sennacherib sends an envoy to Hezekiah, king of Judah, the northern kingdom of Israel had succumbed, but the king of Judah had been able to withstand attacks from the Syrians. Sennacherib sends his envoy to tell Hezekiah not to rely on his God. Unlike the king in the northern kingdom, Hezekiah had been faithful to God. He had tried to unite both kingdoms politically, but had failed. So he attempted unity by religious means by restoring the temple and temple practices and inviting all the tribes for the Passover. The Assyrian king knew this and threatened with attacks on Jerusalem. When the envoy arrives, he brings a letter, and Hezekiah takes the letter to the temple and addresses God directly like this. O Lord, God of Israel, enthroned upon the, cher the cherubim, you alone God, over all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made the heavens and the earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, which he sent to taunt the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and cast their gods into the fire. They destroyed them because they were not gods, but the work of human hands, wood and stone. Therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from the power of this man, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. 
That is a bold prayer. He receives this threatening message and he takes it directly to the Almighty God, Adonai. He prays to him first. He makes his petition known. He's asking for something pretty impossible, given that this king, Sennacherib, was winning battles all around him. We have to imagine that the distance between Nineveh and Jerusalem is about 600 miles. And in that region, there were many cities that had already succumbed. But what does Ezekiah do? He sends a messenger back to the Assyrian camp and says, Therefore, says the Lord, concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not reach this city, nor shoot an arrow at it, nor come before it with a shield, nor cast up siege works against it. He shall return by the same way he came, without entering the city, says the Lord. I will shield and save this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Can you imagine and can we imitate? Can we imitate right now in this terrible time that we are experiencing in the pandemic with all the situations that are around us? I have several people more near me that are experiencing COVID-19 symptoms and this makes it almost like a circling of wagons. So King Hezekiah gets to see peace during his day because that night the angel of the Lord goes forth and strikes down 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. And so he bra Sennacherib breaks camp and goes back home to Nineveh. He is providing us this king that takes matters through the altar of heaven, an example for how to bring our own petitions there, how to stay the course, how to follow the commandments, even especially in dire situations where we have used all our human solutions. And believe me, Hezekiah did. I remember hearing in architecture school that he built even a tunnel from springs of water outside of the Jerusalem area into the city to be able to withstand the siege. He prepared in the physical realm, but most importantly, he brought his petitions to the altar of heaven. When we petition and expect the heavenly court to intervene, God intervenes. What is the most pressing thing on your mind that needs this kind of heavenly intervention? The world is praying for the end of the pandemic, so we're all on this together in this kind of intense prayer. Myself, I'm praying for the new job opportunity to arise. Hezekiah teaches us to build up our faith and go boldly to the throne of heaven. So I hope when this podcast ends, you make your own petition. In fact, make it right now. Psalm 48 could have been written by Hezekiah. Jerusalem remains intact and the king ruling over it. Sennacherib moves back to Assyria. In fact, when he gets there, after a little while, he's murdered by his own son, his second son, after his first son dies. And political squabbling stops invasions on Judah for a while. Listen to the psalm. God upholds this city forever is the refrain. And we want to practice creating our own refrain where we can keep God in our mind throughout the day. The psalm says, Great is the Lord and holy to be praised. In 
This city of our God, his holy mountain, fairest of heights, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion, the recesses of the north, is the great is the city of the great king. God is with her castles. Renowned is he as a stronghold. O God, we ponder your mercy within your temple. As your name, O God, so also your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Of justice, your right hand is full. This is a psalm of praise where the city of God has been preserved and the psalmist is exulting in that feeling of preservation. What kind of poem can you write to God today, right now, whether you're walking or maybe driving or maybe cooking or maybe gardening or maybe sitting, having a cup of coffee? Is it a lamentation because you are in the midst of strife and your heart is broken? Is it a praising psalm or a poem because you have joy to cherish in your heart? Is it a petition that stirs from within and has you on your knees? I invite you to write words and to sing songs. It's useful also to find songs that are out there that can channel our emotions because songs and poems contain our emotions, help us express our feelings, and we can do then this turning up for our emotions to go up to heaven. They can be the fuel for our prayer. Imitate Hezekiah and follow the format of Psalm 48. It is helpful to put our feelings into words. It is a step number one, actually, of emotional intelligence practice to learn to name our feelings. And songs or poems are great ways to practice that. In today's Gospel, Matthew 7, Jesus continues a series of maxims, these little encapsulated instructions that are almost like bumper stickers to me. He uses illustrations of the times, themes with which the audience would have been familiar. And there are three today. One, I think it's about prudence, one about fairness, and the other one about discernment and determination. The first one, Jesus says, do not give what is holy to dogs or throw your pearls before swine, lest them trample them underfoot and turn and tear you to pieces. This is about knowing yourself, knowing your gifts, knowing what is holy within you and not giving it away, not squandering on others who may not know how to appreciate it. Unfortunately, this happens often in families. Maybe there's a family business that is really successful and we have a child that has a talent for music or ballet or cooking and their talents do not match the family business at all. And so knowing how to give space for all the talents that are given and not really funneling people into the wrong one is really important. Uh, the second one is about fairness, about doing to others what we would, uh, what would we would expect done to us. And Jesus says it just like that. Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. So it's encapsulated the idea of this golden rule, at least, of saying, do unto others what you would want to have done to you. So a sense of fairness and justice. And the third one is a little longer. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad, 
that leads to destruction, and those who enter through it are many. How narrow the gate, unconstricted the road that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So first of all, this is a gate that is not easy to find. And once you find it, it's constricted and narrow, so it's hard to get through it, or maybe that's why it's hard to find it. And that's in juxtaposition to gates that are wide and with broad roads that are easy to enter and many enter through them. So this talks about discernment and determination. That means that we are looking within ourselves for the better way. And that is hard. That constricts us. That can be restrictive to say, I could do all these things, but I know that the right thing to do is this one. In the case of Hezekiah, in the first reading, we know that given the track record of this king of Assyria that has taken over so many cities around him, he could have given up. The idea that he is actually calling God and saying, help me here because I have a, a military attack underway could seem to many people today, perhaps uh, somebody you even know, ludicrous. They might laugh at us if we say that we have to discern, that we have to really take matters uh, into consideration that allow us to, to bring them to God. That's a very narrow gate, a narrow path, because it may not be very popular when people around this king might have been really afraid, like maybe you should start creating some kind of pact here. But the narrow gate can also be decisions at work that are difficult to make because somebody um, at Enron, for example, might have been saying, hey, this is all great, the numbers look wonderful, but who is the whistleblower that says, you know what, this is not going the right direction. Maybe we're not looking at the right numbers. In this company in Houston that was so big and wonderful created a debacle because it took a while for people to raise their hand and say, hey, that's not right. Those decisions are narrow gates. It's hard. They're constrictive. They're saying no. It's very hard to say no to our children, even as we are raising them, to be able to say to them, don't do that. That's restrictive. I know that sometimes it might be easier to go through a, through a bigger gate that says, I want to be your friend. But as a parent, we're not a friend. As a parent, we're there to help maneuver our inner life to a state of grace. And that means we learn to know how to say yes and no and how to act rightly and how to choose rightly and how to choose rightly more and more often. And that requires that sometimes we have to say no to very big things. So as we wrap up our question for the day of how well do we pray under duress, we can take these maxims from Jesus into account, and we can learn to pray with prudence. That is, pray that our talents are used well, pray that others can appreciate them, pray that they serve others well. We can pray with fairness as well, that we are fair to others, that we are just, that we give people leeway. And in this time of the pandemic, when emotions are running hot and cold and many people feel wired and nervous, we can pray for treating each other with fairness and kindness. And then let's also take the last one that we do so with determination, that we may find that narrow door that leads to life. 